The first question we ask everybody who come on the show, when you first made it to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? Who was the first person that bust my ass? Woo, man, Kevin Johnson. Ooh. KJ. KJ. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ooh, Lord, Lord. I couldn't sleep that night after the game, man. <laughs> he definitely gave it to me. In Phoenix was- or in Golden State? Um, no, we was in Phoenix. It was actually, it was a preseason game. Mm, that's right. Oh, this is the beginning. (laughs) This is the beginning. You got to show people, you got to show the rooks when you come in and say, look, man, this side's going to be all season long until you get to where you need to get to. And to understand, you know, the NBA, but I'm going to give it to you every game. And this is how it's going to be. He gave it to me that game. I couldn't wait to see him that next game. (laughs) Man, I couldn't go to sleep that night. I was like, damn. <laughs> wow. I was like, he gave it to me. But yeah, he bust my ass, yes. Yo, yo, yo. We live on location. Me and D Miles is in Orlando, staying our ass at home and staying safe. And this is a special one, man. We got Chicago NBA legend and royalty in the building. We got from the South Side, from the Gardens, from Carver High School, the UTEP Two Step, the original crossover king. We got the OG Tim Hardaway in the building, y'all. Y'all know what that means. Somebody about to get crossed up. What's good, OG? Appreciate you coming through the chill with us, man. Man, thank you for having me on, man. When you asked me, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to go on my guy Q. I love what y'all doing. I love everything y'all do all the time, man. Much success to y'all. And yes, thank you for sir. having me on. Let's get it. You went to Carver High School. How was that? How was your years in Carver? Man, my years at Carver was great, man. I wouldn't change them for the world. You know, I took two and a half hours of bus rides and trains to get out there Mm -hmm. because that was the best possible school for me at that particular time. You know, I had friends out there. I had family out there that I didn't know that took care of me. And um, I felt comfortable out there. You know, CVS, they didn't want me. They had some other guys, some friends of mine that played there. I didn't want to go to South Shore because they wasn't as elite and they was in the blue division. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to go to, a, you know, a team that's going to get recognized each and every day and get pressed each and every game. You know, I went to Carver High School. You know, we got a great tradition with Cassie Russell, Terry Cummins. So I went to a school with great tradition and great, great, great culture. Yeah. Also, like, but the thing that's crazy to me to hear you say you took a trains and buses two hours ago. To the gardens. Yeah, to the gardens. Like, now, 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 the general public might not know what that is, but I'm here to let y'all know Chicago Alt Gale Gardens is one of the toughest, whatever you want to call it, projects, neighborhoods, whatever. It's like, it was I, projects, like I had family that lived in there, bro. <laughs> I, when I first went in there, I was looking like, what is this? Like, my I had family on block 17, block 23. It's like, it's blocks, bro. It's like row houses, blocks. It's like, it was. It was crazy. And so you took two hour drives and buses to get out there, and that was your comfort zone. That say another thing. That that tell you about your toughness on a whole nother level to begin with. You like this, this, this where I was comfortable with. Yeah. 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 I was comfortable there. You know, I grew up with the L Rookins and all them on the south side of Chicago on 75th and Exits and Yates and all them. 
So taking a bus after dealing with them fools, it wasn't nothing. <laughs> straight up. Straight up. So uh, when you're coming up, like, dribbling, I tried to dribble like you. Everybody tried to dribble like you. Like, I know in the beginning, the start, how did it start? Like, how did your dribbling start and you just fell in love with, like, this ball? I'm dribbling this ball this way I do. Well, it started back in grammar school, and I used to dribble the basketball to go get milk. Back then, we had to have a note for cigarettes. Right, um, yeah, yeah. They don't know about that. You can get <laughs> yeah. cigarettes on 18. My yeah. mama right there sitting in the car. She just sent me up here. She don't want to get out in this cold. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I dribbled the ball. I dribbled, I used to dribble the ball back and forth early in the morning, in the afternoon, during the day, whatever. I just used to dribble the basketball up and down the street to the store and back all the time. You know, if I had one arm get tired carrying the milk or the groceries, I put it in the other arm and I just dribble up and down the street. But on the way to the parks, guys used to challenge me. They used to say, Tim, all right, we're going to walk the ball. You, you got to walk the ball all the way to the park. So every time, that means, a lot of people don't know. Walking the ball means putting the between ball your legs. <laughs> without losing you that joint. No, just going. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and you couldn't do it on the sidewalks because Cracks. people were walking on the sidewalk and it was cracked. Yeah. And it might be, you know, the sidewalk might be up and down. Yeah, right, and all right. So I would walk the ball up and down the street and I would just practice just going back and forth, back and forth between my legs. And then when a car comes, I move over to the side in between cars and just go back and forth with it until the cars go by. And then I move and I just walk. You know, if you hit a rock, oh my God. It's, old. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's old. You, you, you hit the shelf guy, you gotta bring it back. <laughs> Every block I walked, it was a dollar. Mm. So they give me a dollar. Every block I didn't walk, I had to give up a dollar. Mm. So your concentration had to be enormous. Yeah. Your concentration had to be really, really sharp to do, to walk that ball up and down that them streets and not mess up. So you get, you know, you know back then, a dollar, man. Oh, yeah. A dollar, you get, if you walk three or four blocks, four or five dollars, shit. Them dollars last you, you know, the whole week. Hey, you already <laughs> know, for real. <laughs> you already know. I have, I have two 12 year old sons, and I'm teaching them how to dribble. And I've one of the things I try to teach them is the rhythm. The yeah. rhythm, like it's, it's a rhythm, it's a rhythm, it's a rhythm like with the ball. Like, you, it's, it's so much a rhythm of the ball. And like I say, some of the stuff like you and Isaiah Thomas, I used to watch so much because you know, your crossover. It's the best crossover ever. You know, these kids these days, they just cross, but between the legs, back, the rhythm of that, they don't know the balance of it. You gotta have balance, you gotta have a lot of st rhythm, everything and not only, to shift and shift. Not only that, that he, didn't, he didn't he didn't cheat the rules with his. His was a real no. crossover break, no. but it was it was none of it this. was it was no carrying. It was a real everything bop, bop. was real <laughs> fundamental basketball about it, but you made it so cold and so so just Effortless. destructive <laughs> though. It was like, bruh, like he Every kid, it wasn't no kid that didn't know how to do the, the Tim Hardaway critical. Even if they was terrible at it, you knew how to do it. And it sounds like you started the beginnings of it walking them blocks like that. Is that what made it just effortless for you, walking that ball like that? Then you just started doing moves like off of that? Yep, exactly. I'm going to tell you this. Another thing a guy taught me, I was in high school. He said, 
you could speed the ball up really fast, up and down the court really quick, but you got to have control once you get from that half-court line to that three-point line. You got to get yourself in control to make a move. So if you want to control and, and, and still running fast and speeding up, you're not going to be able to control the basketball and you're not going to be under control with your body. You'll fall on so your I, face. <laughs> yep, you fall on your face. Exactly. <laughs> so I tell these kids today, I, I, when I teach them, I say, yo, when you're running down the court, you're dribbling the ball fast, you're trying to run a fast break, you got to start chopping your feet right around after that, that three-quarter court on the other end on your half of the court, right at the hash mark. You got to start chopping your feet up and getting yourself under control. So if you want to do the crossover, you can do the crossover. If you want to do an in and out move, you do an in and out move. If you just strictly just want to do a crossover between legs or behind the back, you got to be under control, under control and don't fall on your face and your body has to be under control. So that's why I teach the kids now, you know, and that's what I had to learn. I fell on my face many a time just coming up like, oh, you know, and I just go back. And I'd redo it again. I, you know, just redo it. That's what practice, practice, practice take perfect. Yeah. Uh, make you perfect. So that's what I used to do. I used to practice all the time. So, and you're teaching your kids right. Man, it's a rhythm to it's basketball. Rhythm. It's the rhythm to dribbling that basketball. Yeah. You got to get that basketball bounce, and it's a rhythm too, and you got to hear it make music. Yeah. You know, that's what I used to do. Yeah. I used to hear that ball music. You pop 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 and that's the way I learned how to, you know, dribble the basketball and get really, really good with it. When I started dribbling good and so forth, phone, every time I touched the basketball, you know how they throw you the basketball and you'd be like, uh, I want to feel it. When right. did you start getting the feel? Like, you know how you throw the basketball when you walk on the court? Let me see that right quick. When you start getting that feel, like, oh, yeah, I can control <laughs> this. Or I know how right. to dribble this ball. Because sometimes you get hard balls. Sometimes you get soft balls. Sometimes you get balls that ain't going to. Bounce back up is quick. Well, when we was when going, you, you might get that, that ball with feeling? that titty in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but when, when, when did you grow up and you just start feeling it every time you touch that ball? It's like, oh, I feel something different. I, I think basketball players are the only ones that know this feeling. Like when you get yeah. this ball, it's something different. Like, oh, I can do. I know what I can do in this game with this ball. I don't know now, but when we was playing. It was two or three arenas where you had to go and you had to fill a ball. That was Utah Jazz because sometimes they balls, if you bounce the ball, that it touched, sometimes they touch a sitting <laughs> If you pass to somebody, they'll break their fingers. Yeah. You had to take the air out the ball. Yeah. That's how much air in the ball. So you had to really feel it and touch it. Denver Nuggets because the air. The air. Yeah. And then, you know, back then we used to play in the Washington where the Bullets used to play at at the Capitol Center, where they, they gym was all tore up, so you had to check the, the floor Lord. with the basketball. And sometimes the dead basketball spots. didn't have – yeah, and you had dead spots. But, yeah, man, it's a lot of times you go to the court. Like you said, when, when somebody passes the ball, yo, yo, let me see the ball. You got to – you know, it's like almost like a baseball. When a pitcher come out to that mound, yeah. he's rolling that ball, he's touching that ball, he's rolling, he's feeling it with his mm -hmm. hand. That's what you got to do. Every time I walked in, a, not an arena, in practice – I just grabbed the ball and I just grabbed and I just touched it. it and felt yeah. it. Yeah. Just, just see how it feels, man. Because you just can't come in and just shoot the ball. Yeah. You know, 
that, that's like running without stretching. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's up some. Yeah, you got to you. That's a ball play. You got to touch it. You got to feel. You got to caress it. You know, see if it's an all right basketball. Yeah. Sometimes you go to the park. You'd be like, what is what is this that y'all playing? Right. With? Yeah. I cheated the game. I always had a ball that I brought. <laughs> so I knew the basketball was yeah. good. Yeah. And I knew that, you know, sometimes it was bad because when you're ready to go, they'd be like, come on, Tim, man. I bring your ball tomorrow. No, you cannot trust those guys. <laughs> you can't trust nobody with your ball. <laughs> you get, your ball will not come back. No. Oh, and if it do, it won't come back the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It will not come back the same. Man, something happened. What happened to my bad? Oh man, it rolled up on the car and the car rolled yeah. on it. That's, yeah, you got to get your ball. Sorry, guys, I got to go. Hey, I, just, so, I, I just need for you to describe to me because, like, I'm I'm one of the kids that grew up under it, watching it, knowing like Tim Hardaway from the crib. He from around here where we from. Like, you was somebody who let let a lot of us know that we could do that. We could make it from the South Side, from the Hunters, from the area, all of that. And just tell me how. The city of Chicago, how our culture, how the, you know, the neighborhood, how everything shaped and got you ready for, you know, not only basketball in the future, but just life. Because, like, as I've grown up, you know, been been through my career and now post-career, like, I look back in hindsight and just really treasure and value a lot of the lessons because, you know, it. just like me, we all been in locker rooms, we got friends, we got peers that play the game, and we see how they move and, and and a lot of that is a reflection of their upbringing and where they come from and I and I see how I move and how other Chicagoans move and how we don't get in some of the scenarios that some other people get so just talk about how Chicago has you know shaped and impacted you from a toughness to your career and just throughout life man that's a great question i'm going to tell you this back in those days 70s 80s we was gang infested right very gang infested man i mean Everywhere you go, you know, it might be two or three blocks here, Errol Rookins, then the next two or three blocks, Black Gangster Disciples. Disciples. And then, you know, it, it just go back and forth. And you had, I, you had to wear your hat yeah. correctly. You had, you had not have a change. You, I mean, you, you just had to be correct so they wouldn't bother you. But, you know, it paid and it made me stronger. Taught me what to do, what not to do, how to act, how to... You know, if I'm going to go over here and talk smack, know when to talk smack and talk a lot of trash and then know when to shut up. Yeah. Because, you know, cause some people can't take trash talking and you got to know that they can harm you in a way where you, you don't want to be harmed. You got to be quiet. Yeah. So that's, you know, you can turn stuff on and turn stuff off immediately. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody and say, yeah, you know, fighting didn't mean nothing to us. We could fight all day long. And then we go out there and play with the same person we fought oh, with. Yeah. And then after we fought with them, we go out and, and say, hey, man, everything cool, everything all right. It was just in that moment. And that's where it got heated. And we just had to take care of our business, but everybody's okay. See, you, we grew up understanding how to talk our way out of stuff. Kids today don't know how to talk their way out of stuff. When they go to 100, they go to a thousand. When we went to a hundred, it was we knew how to dis discalculate our type of stuff. We knew how to talk to folks, say, "Hey, man, you know, my bad. I'm sorry. You know what you want me to do? How you want me to do it? I'm, I'm saying I'm sorry. You know, I didn't mean to do it that way. I didn't mean to talk to you that way or whatever. But we knew how to talk to people. 
We knew how to communicate with people. We knew how to make things that could have been crazy or you could have not been here today uh, <laughs> de-escalate the whole situation. So that's what Chicago is about. Chicago is about lessons. Q and I had the fortunate enough to listen to older people in our lives. You know, we, we was taught, even if they're not saying nothing, they telling the story for you in the long run. And you got to give them that respect of letting them talk because they wouldn't be talking to you if they didn't know that you really need it. I used to have a guy's name was Mo, and he taught me a lot, man. He taught me a lot. Old man Mo, we used to call him. The first thing he taught me is we used to shoot dollars from uh, free throw lines, all right? How many you can make out of five? That man took my five out. <laughs> I said, hold up, wait a minute. He said, yeah, you're going to get real about this. You're going to get real about making free throws. So I got real about making free throws. And after I started beating him, he's like, no, I'm not going to play you in that no more. So, I mean, that's a, that's a lesson learned that I had, if I really going to play this game, if I stepped up to this free throw line, I got to make free throws. You know, he talked to me and was like, yo, Tim, there's going to be a lot of lessons that I'm going to teach you right now. That guy right there, when you get to college, make sure when you have a drink, don't put your drink down. That guy, this dude's name was Brew. He was 6'9". He came back. He was so fucked up because they poured acid in his drink, and he didn't know it. He drank it, and he was so messed up. Yeah. My man used to walk around 80-degree weather, 90-degree weather with a turtleneck. Yeah. He'd, be like, he'd be like, yo, man, I'm ready to play. Everybody like, no, 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 you can't play today. You yeah. can't play. They not right. Yeah. But when he came to the court, right? We saw him right. He dominate the whole court. Six yeah. nine, running up and down, dunking on folks, blocking people's shots. Yeah. But he just got mixed up with the wrong crowd. They told me, look, when you get to college, be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Be aware of where you at. Always know when when you walk in where the exits are at. Always know who you can trust, who you can't trust. I always know who's your friend, who's not your friend. Yeah, you know, know what's and going you know, on in the room you in. You know, yeah, you gotta know what's going on in the room because there's a lot of stuff going on in the room. Mm-hmm. As my my dad called it, your P's and Q's your P's together. And Q's. You, walk in, you gotta know and see what's. You gotta yeah. scope everything. Out. My mom told you, me that too. You gotta get away. So that's what Chicago always taught us to understand life, playing basketball after basketball, and on the court and off the court. That's what Chicago has taught us. And a lot of guys that understood it were strong man. And a lot of guys that didn't understand just fell through the cracks. Yeah. But those guys that fell through the cracks, go play them out on the park, or they'll bust your ass. Some of the best yeah. ever. Some of the best ever. Oh, my God. Yeah, they some of the best ever. And let you know. Yeah. And let you know. And that's why I tell them guys, I say, Without them guys, us playing against those guys, we wouldn't be where we at today. Yep. Because there's many a time that they bust our ass. Yeah. Believe it. Yeah. We wouldn't even be tough but enough. We didn't even be tough time. enough yeah, to handle it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No. You committed to UTEP. Was it any possibility could have been anywhere else? It could have been DePaul or somewhere else I, like that? I wanted to go to DePaul. <laughs> they got Rod Strickland. I wanted to go to Illinois. But they got uh, some other guys with Nick and Kendall and all that yeah. went out there. Oklahoma, 
but you know they got Mookie Blaylock, Mookie Blaylock, uh, Texas El Paso. When they came to me and I started, you know, reading up on them and talking to them and understanding their culture and understanding that in 1966, you know, they won a championship and how they won a how championship. How they won it, yeah. And then I didn't know that Nate Archibald went there after he went to junior college for two years and played under Don Haskins. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he, he liked little guard that could shoot, that was tough, that could play defense, that could run his team. So it was right fit for me, man. It was away from home. But I'm going to tell you this, man. It was the best years of my life. Mm. I went traded for the world. Yeah. Texas El Paso, little small town, great people. Yeah. Um, it's home. And they all about, you know, making sure that your, your stay there is, is great. Yeah. It's, it, man, I, 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 love, I still love going back there. I still, I still talk to my people back there. Yeah. Man, it's it's a well kept secret, man. And if you, if anybody can ever go there, and I wouldn't advise you going to War S, though. <laughs> if anybody can go there and you have a great time there, man. It's slow, it's yeah. real slow, but you you will enjoy yourself, man. I I advise. You. What was like Don Haskins? What was him to you? Like them years that you was there, you know, he won Hall of Fame coach and you know big time coach. He did a lot of stuff. For the basketball, how was that to play for Don Haskins? You come be a Chicago kid, come all the way to El Paso. It was tough. It was very tough. But you know what? He said, you know, this tough survive. And you have to be tough and understand, you know, people that been there before you, it was their time to play. And it was always a rotation, all right? If you're a freshman, I don't care how good you are, you still got to prove yourself in practice and to these guys here or that's been on this team for two or three years already. And, you know, it was just a humbling experience. He'd tell you like it is. He'd teach you. He was talking to you. He made you understand, you know, what to do and how to do it and how to become a man, basically. You know, not, not become a basketball player, because once you leave that house and go to a college away from home, you got to become a man. It's like these guys coming in the NBA right now as, you know, a sophomore going to college. They're not around family. They're around grown men. Yeah. This is a business now. Yeah. So when you step into that NBA realm, you are a man. Yeah. You got to take care of your own bills. You got to take care of your own washing and, and cleaning. Yeah. You got to take care of feeding yourself when practice is over with. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole lot you got to do. And that's the way he taught us when we got there. You know, you got to grow up. We're going to help you grow up. We're going to help you, you know, mature. We're just not going to leave you out there by yourself. Yeah. He wants you to become a man and understand it's a process here. This is a process. You got to take baby steps before you can run. Oh, yeah. And walk. And that's what we did, man. And, and it taught me a lot. It slowed me down. It made me understand patience is a virtue. If you take your time and be patient with stuff, it will come to you. And you understand how to deal with everything, and it come to fruition. Like, I think yeah. I think that's a great great message, especially in today's you know society and world. It's almost like nowadays for these kids coming up in high school and stuff. If you're a McDonald's All American, you you know you make it to be that prestige and level in high school. If, if you go to college and you're not one and done, it's almost like you a failure. It's like, bro, you're not a failure because it's like, you know, a lot of those kids at the McDonald's games, at the USA games and everything, 
if they feel like they, they have a pressure on them, that's all this social media stuff. It's like if you don't go to college and, like you say, boom, bam, bang, go and average 20 and be able to get up out of there, it's like you was a buzz. It's like slow down, bro. That's not – you're not a bust. It's a, you're in college. You got three more years to do your thing yes. and possibly more with the way they're doing fifth-year guys and all this other stuff. But, like, guys have to get settled in their mind that – Take your time. You got plenty of time. It's like, okay, even yeah. if those guys in your class, they they win, they average 25, and they gone, and you see them in the draft, it's like, that's what was for them. That doesn't mean right. that it's not for you in a year yeah. or two or next year or the year after that, but like, you just got to stay focused on your your mission and your goals and what you got to do. Yeah. Be happy for them. You ain't got to be no hater. Be happy, celebrate if that's your boy or whatever, or yeah. you, whatever. Be happy for them, but like... Believe in yourself, keep doing what you got to do, and your time will come. But I agree with you as far as, like, be patient because I, I see it. I don't feel like that, but I see how people look at some of these kids. Like, if you're not one and done, it's like, what he doing? He ain't doing nothing. It's like, man, he adjusting. He's learning. He's growing. Like, give him a year or two and you will see what's happening. But don't write these kids off because they're not a freshman phenom and don't go right out and kill. You're absolutely correct. You're absolutely correct. I agree with you 100%, Q. I tell kids and I tell their family that today. If you go there and you, you, you're you not one and done, you get, like you say, you got three more years. To get better. You know, to get better. I mean, you dare you dare to get better. If it, if it takes you two years, if it takes you three years, if it takes you all four years, then, then if, that, if it takes you all four years, then you mentally ready yeah. to go to the next level and be ready to step in right away. Right and away do and play right away. And play. Yeah. So, so don't 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 think that you got it. I got to go one and done. I got to go one and done. That's what that's the, that's the thought that's process, the man. It's putting pressure. That's the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about the UTIP two step. <laughs> well, this is what happened, man. I was working on this move in the summertime before I got there and everything. We up, we playing our first game, NIT. We had University of Washington in, in Seattle. They drove us. They drove us. We lost by 30. And we come back home to El Paso. We can't get in our building because the girls already had a practice there. And we thought that we was going to stay there and play another game. But we had to come back early. So Don Haskins, he was already pissed off and everything already. Yeah. So um, we went to the intramural gym. Across the street, and we practiced for like three hours. He ran the hell out of us. Defense, 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 defense. One guy's like, "Hey, man, you know, we didn't play no offense. Let's play one on one." I was like, "All right, cool." So I'm playing one on one, and you know, I'm winning the last game. I crossed the over, went in for a dunk, and a guy we didn't even know this guy was up there. Custodian was up there cleaning. We thought he was, you know, everybody should was still out. He was like, "Wow!" And we looking, <laughs> and I was. Man, I said, man, see, he's not supposed to be in here. You know, I don't mean to embarrass you or nothing like that or whatever. He was like, no, nah, man, I can't lose like that. I can't lose like that. So I did it again, you know, and I just kept crossing him over. And I didn't know what I had. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just playing basketball. Yeah. You know, I'm just trying to get to the rim, trying to make a play, trying to get open to make a shot and do all that type of get myself and my game better. So that's where it started at way back my freshman year in college and that particular time right there, he said, you know, you know, you got, that's a nice move. I was like, yeah, I see, you know, I got open a lot with it. So yeah, that was just one of, you know, move that I, I had in my, 
in my repertoire. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> you decide to put your name in the draft. How many workouts you had going into that draft well, for like different well, teams? I, I went to school. I went went to school for four years. years now. Yeah, I went to school four years, so I didn't put my name in the well, draft. Time to go. My yeah, my collegiate career was over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had no more eligibility. So, I had to go somewhere. <laughs> no more eligibility. So this is what happened. So I go to the Final Four, and uh, Michigan is playing against Illinois. All my guys there. I'm in a senior game. So I get MVP of the senior game. So they was like, all right, we want to invite you to Portsmouth. So I go to Portsmouth, play well in Portsmouth. I was the last guy in Portsmouth to get MVP in a losing championship, all right? Then I was going to go home to El Paso. They was like, no, nah, you got to get on a plane and go to Orlando for the big one. So I went there. Uh, I wanted to play against all these guys that they thought was better than me, like Mookie Blaylock, Sherman Douglas, Poole Richardson, Poo Richardson. Uh, B.J. Armstrong, all those guys. You know, they, they thought that was ahead of me. And I wanted to play against them and show them, like, no, 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 no. Y'all haven't seen the real deal. Yet. So, <laughs> yeah, real talk. Shit. <laughs> so, so all of them didn't play. Mookie didn't play. Pooh didn't play. Sherman didn't play. So I never did get to play against them guys. So I was kind of pissed off. So I was like, all right, let me go out here and do my thing. And then I started going to these, um, these mini camps. Or really, You know what? I really didn't play three-on-three three or two-on-two two or anything like that. They just wanted to come in and, and just look at me and, and see if I, you know, they throw me lobs, shooting off the dribble, catching, shooting. They saw enough of me. They just wanted to come in and, you know, pick my mind, talk to me, and see what I was about. Yeah. And um, I was supposed to go to Golden State, Oakland, and it was a real bad thunderstorm at O'Hare Airport mm -hmm. down in Chicago. What's new? And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was a typhoon out there, man. And so I couldn't get out there. So I left about 2.30 in the morning. They finally canceled the flight, went back home and everything. And the draft, that it was like that Monday. So that was the last day I get to a workout. And then Thursday was the draft. Went to New York. And, and uh, it was crazy because I thought I was going to go to New Jersey Nets. Mookie Blaylock went there. I thought I was going to go to Minnesota. Poole Richardson went there. I thought I was going to go to Indiana Pacers. George McLeod went there. George I McLeod. thought I was going to go to uh, even Miami where Sherman Douglas went. Then I thought Boston was really going to get me, but they ended up picking Michael Smith out of BYU. Come to find out, Don Nelson was calling them, telling them, yo, man, um, you know, we, we, we checked on Tim Hardaway's, um, his knees. Man, <laughs> if you're going to get him, man, you know, he, it might be three years, you know, that, yeah. that for a lottery pick, that's a lot of money, man. I, I wouldn't do it. He ended up getting me. He ended up costing me a lot of money. Yeah. But he ended up well, he me. wanted you. Hey, man, I, I can respect that. If yeah. they went for, for the okie doke, they went for the okie doke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Don Nelson, like, he's one of my favorite coaches to coach in the league because I feel like he tries to push the bar. He tries to stretch the rules out as much as he can. He always want to win, but he try to stretch it and just do something that a whole nother league, he don't want to do what everybody else is doing. He want to bring something new. So coming to Golden State and Don Nelson being your coach, like, how was that for you? It was right up my alley. <laughs> Straight up. Young, 
you know, running, gunning, you know. He like, yo, man, we going to run and gun, but we're going to have a method to it. We, yeah. gonna, you know, we practice this. We practice motion offense. We practice back screens. We practice coming off and then, you know, flare screens. We practice all that. That's what Greg Popovich got all that stuff from because he's with us back in 92, 93. But he always thought out the box, even with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. He always thought out the, the box, box yeah. back in the early 80s, late mm-hmm. 80s or whatever. He always, you know, with Terry Cummins, point forward, you know, Sidney Moncrief, you know, he never had Sydney a traditional point guard to do a lot of things that a traditional point guard would do. Back in those days, Milwaukee Bucks, then he went to the Golden State Warriors. He was just innovative. That's the way the game is today. A lot of guys didn't understand what he wanted to, to do. Yeah. Game is getting to and need right now. Yeah. Back then, early nineties, we talking about twenty years. What 18, right. 19, 18, 19 yeah. years ahead of his time. Yeah. And a lot of a, a lot of coaches like, man, you crazy. But look at it now. Look at D'Antoni. D'Antoni, he's, he it was with you all, mm-hmm. Q, and um, you know. He said, look, we got Steve Nash. We got a horse. Let's go. We're going to ride. Everybody just went and everybody played off Steve Nash. He made, you know, only thing y'all had to do is make, make shots. Facts. That's all y'all yeah. had to do. And that's the way he got in Houston. He's playing six, five and under. Six, you know, maybe yeah. six, seven and under. Yeah. You know? And that's the way Golden State Warriors play at times. Hey, yeah. You know, Drake McCree be the seven. Exactly. <laughs> tell, tell, yeah, me, get it going. tell me this. How was it? It was a short two years, but when when Run TMC Ooh. came together, when you, Ooh. Mitch, and Chris Mullen, like three wings, all averaging what y'all was averaging and literally putting up 120, 125 points in games, how how was that run, and, and, and why was it so short? Well, I, I'm going to tell you why it was so short. That's why a coach shouldn't be a GM. Because if he, he gets mad, he can trade. <laughs> Straight up. So he was mad at Mitch for something. And I don't, I, to this day, I still don't know. And Mitch really don't know, to tell you the truth. But he was upset with Mitch for something and trading him away, think, saying that we need to get bigger. I, yes, we did need to get bigger. But you got to. You're going to pull that core together for part. You got to run with this core. We got to get another piece from somewhere else. But you can't trade this core. You know, you got to keep that core. But, man, I'll tell you this, man. Playing with Mitch and playing with Chris Mullen, man, they make your lives easy. (laughs) They make your lives easy. They know how to run. They know how to set their man up, get all around picks, and knowing how to come off screens and shoot the ball, knowing when you're behind them, use their body. Mitch one time, he was upset. He was supposed to have made the all-star team with me, Chris and I. And they gave it to Clyde Drexler. You know, Clyde Drexler was good. and He was he was balling in. He was doing his thing. But, you know, Mitch should have got that edge. He should have got that edge and came and went to the all-star game. Man, we played them that night. Woo! <laughs> man. I tell you this, man. The Rock, he put Rock on, on that man. Oh. He put that Rock on him. <laughs> so he was bad. He was shooting on him. They was like, what's wrong with Mitch? I said, man, he made, he didn't make the all-star team. He's like, he going to take it out on him like that? I said, yes. And I said, there you do it again. Right <laughs> <Straight laughs> up. Right <laughs> up. Go ahead. You know, and that, I mean, that's the way it was. Plus, 
you know, back then the rules was different. Yeah. Man. 2.9, you got to get back. 2.9, you got to get back. back. Yeah. Totally different. Yeah. Back then, so if you had an ISO on that you side. You on the island. By yourself. <laughs> by yourself. By yourself. <laughs> man, you by yourself. And if you're going to go double team, you better go double you gotta team. You got to go all quick. the way. Right. You gotta go <laughs> all the way. <laughs> so, so the rules are totally different. So back then, when we was playing, it was a lot of fun. You get the ball, say, all right. Yeah. Look, 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 move, move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me do my thing. So that that was fun part. But yeah, man, that them them two guys, man, we had a lot of fun. We all had great basketball IQ. You know? had to we, to have three guys averaging that many points, man. being on a win, like winning all together and successful. Yeah, like that's was, what made it. Like it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, man. We just we just knew how to play with one another. And you know, if we didn't practice, we used to play three on three whole court. Against Vincent Askew, against Mario Elliott, Rod Higgins, three on three whole court. You get a steal at half court, and your team down there at the other end, up under the basket, you couldn't make a layup. You you know you you had to go in there and fake like you're gonna make a layup until they get to half court. And you had to bring it back out, yeah. and then you had to play basketball. So it wasn't like you know it was traditional. You steal a ball, go for a layup. No, you had to wait until your team get across half court to and, and before you could shoot. Like, you know, back then, you know, you had them Lakers and, you know, they used to be exciting. Ooh. To me, the Lakers, Ooh. it was Magic that was the one that was exciting. But looking at y'all play, like, all three of y'all, y'all had, like, three players that were so excited. I felt like y'all was the most exciting team back then. Just the way y'all played and how y'all ran. It was just so much, you know, this is what they want to see now. You see how it just transitioned into now. Getting the nickname Run TMC. Like, they saying this shit. Now, like this, thirty years later, and that's and they back still when Run DMC this. was like really the right. king yeah. of hip hop. Like to get right. named Run TMC, one of the dopest nicknames ever. Like how how did you feel about getting that nickname? Well, we went through a little uh, uh, what you call a tryout. It? I remember this. Trial. I saw the I video. The t- yeah, I remember that. It was it was a big ball, and they turned these things around, you know, and all the names. We had about 3,000 names. I remember man. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so we was just going through, like, 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 say, like, we had stopped the film and we'd just go through and be like, no, 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 you know? Yeah. And then we got the five and then we was like, okay, these five may work. And then, you know, we saw Run TMC. So we put Run TMC right there where we could get it. And it took a long time, but once we got to Run TMC, it just fitted us. You know, tent run. You know, we run up and down the court. You know, we make plays. We make the game exciting. I don't think it could have been run, M-C-T, or right, uh, something like that. Uh-huh. So when they said run TMC, it, when, it, when they said run TMC, it just ca- kind of caught on. Like, yeah. just, it's like that baby powder. It, right. it just goes together. Right. Don't nobody say yeah, that yeah, man, yeah. i like you, powder. <laughs> Not that yeah. damn nothing. Straight up. <laughs> it just flowed right. And once we heard it, we was like, yeah, okay, we're going to go with that. So that's how it stuck with us. But we went through a lot of names, man. We went through a lot of names that was that was crazy. How was that for you, man, to be, you know, a kid from Chicago, South Side, in a, in a you know, a hood, and now here you are, you on the, you know, you on the main stage, the NBA, playing with, you know, you got a nickname, y'all the feature, like people like want to see y'all, want to see Run TMC, and you the point. You yeah. the head of the you dragon. The you lead, you know what I'm saying? They, you, you running the whole thing. Like, how was that for you being, now you didn't explode, you a young superstar in the league, and, and you budding. How, how 
was that time for you? You know, when you, when we was growing up, we was watching Magic, we was watching Michael, we was watching Isaiah Thomas, and, you know, that's all they featured. Right. You know, it's those guys, John Stockton, Carl Malone. That's, that's Superstars tapes. Superstars, right. So when they feature you, they feature Run TMC. When I saw myself on TV, <laughs> I was like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah Goddamn right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Got about time they, they, they seeing what's out there. Yeah. You know, that, that's how I felt. When you walk out in the arena and you see the fans out there run TMC posters or, you know, hats or shirts or whatever, you're like, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. This is about to go down up in here. Wherever we at, it's going, it's going down. Yeah. You know, and that, that's how you feel. It's like it's like getting your new pair of gym shoes. Like, you know, you know, I got some new pair of gym shoes. You know, look at my shit. Yeah. You know, that's- <laughs> yeah. When the, when the Nike socks came out, you you had them Nike socks, man. People had them Nike socks. Like, oh, look at them Nike socks. Oh, you cool. That's sweet, they man. They were valuable yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how you value it. That, that's how I value it, man. So that's how I was when I saw us being featured and I saw us, you know, people want to watch us. I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm from the South Side. I hope my, my guys checking me out. Right. You know, my parents checking me out. My family checking me out. That's the way I liked it. You know, that, you know that's how I always envisioned, envisioned it. And so it was cool to me. Yeah. I enjoyed it. So Junis Marshallonis, like I didn't know who he was until he got to play with y'all. What did you think about him once he started playing always, with y'all? We always knew he was strong than a motherfucker. Yeah. We always knew that. Big old arms. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We knew he could play. We knew he'd go left because we saw him in the Olympics all the time. And, yeah. you know, we saw him overseas basketball with his team over there. Yeah. So we knew of him. But when you know of a guy and you see him, when he starts coming in the gym and playing, and you're like, damn, how am I going to stick him? Yeah. You know, he, just a bulldozer, you know, he's just strong. He gonna, yeah. you know, he started making jump shots, and yeah. you know, I mean, so his talent, man, was was really, really good. He called on to the understanding of our language uh-huh. halfway during the season. So that first half of the season was kind of hard for him, but once he got caught up with it, oh man, he was cool and he was gone with it. But he was a great player. I don't know if it was the her, but it seemed like he was playing hard as a motherfucker every time he played. Every time y'all put him, he was like, it seemed like he was going hard as hell. We, if we up, if we up, say twenty, he gonna make sure we go up thirty. Right. Yeah, that's he, what I was saying. He's like, he coming in to get a bucket. Yeah, he was coming in to get a bucket. He wasn't stopping getting it. He was aggressive. Mm. You know, some guys be like, oh, we up 20, you know, yeah. No, 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 no. I only know how to play he, one way now. Yeah, if he if he played three minutes, he's going to try to get 10 points in that three minutes, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I remember that. He used to play hard. <laughs> hard. Hard. Yes. In practice, he was playing hard. Mitch be like, yo, Tim, man, uh, yeah, uh, why don't you switch off today? You know, I, ca- I can't deal with him. He's, he, you know, <laughs> Beat me up for the last week. I'm just gonna chill out. I said, "All right, cool." Hey, so tell me this, right? You made three straight All Star games as a war. Like when you made your first All Star game, I know how we are as Chicagoans, and I know you personally. So, what I want to know is like, 
Yeah, we know it's cool. We do the whole political thing when you got to do the interview. How was it for you the season after you made your first All-Star game when you got to get back to the crib and soak up the crib and be like walking to the gym to work out as an All-Star? Like, you know, like I'm arrived. Like, how was that for you? Because I know how we were in the gyms and I know how you were always in every gym in Chicago and like now this is your arrival now I'm an all-star Tim Hardaway was you was you checking them and telling them how to call you the right way announce you the right way when you show up like I ain't just Tim no more like this is the all-star like how was your swag when you got back to the city the season after your first all-star that's what I want to hear yeah, my swag was unbelievable. <laughs> Hundred thousand trillion, right? There. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, that number that you can't say, or you know, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. like yeah, infinity and beyond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how my swag was. Yeah, getting back to the crib, just walking around, you know, you know, you you hear, yo, that's too hard. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, then, then you really start like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's how I was. No, no question. No, but but you know what? I was still humble to my people. Yeah, you know, I was still going hoop with them. You know, I was still go out, eat, hang out, go clubbing with them. My wife and I, we were still cool. We were still respectable. We wasn't, you know, no assholes or anything like that. Because, you know, if you be an asshole in Chicago, they will come and get you. <laughs> Quickly. They will come and get you. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not that show make tap you on the ass to make sure you humble yourself. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, they will humble you if you're not humble. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Straight up. So, no, so I knew where I came from. I knew how to act and I knew what I need to do. But, yeah, you know, just walking around. They knew my, my, my swag was on that way out there. Hey, listen, That's listen, what- that, I had to add, because I know I know how it was. I ain't never even made an All-Star. I just know when I felt like when I made, when I, I'm, I'm here now, like, you know, I'm starting, like, I'm out here giving people the business. I'm averaging 17, 18. I'm, and I'm back at the, I'm back at the hoops in the gym. I'm walking around here like, who? Who want it? Like, what's up? Like, <laughs> I'm one of them. Like, everybody know it now. Like, whether y'all want to go, all right, we could get out here and get to it. I'm about to show you. Like, that was like, just like you said, swag was up. Just walking around, head a little higher, chest a little more poked out. Like, wait, somebody yeah. said something? You ain't say nothing, did you? Like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you, you put them years in with Golden State and you get traded to Miami. And Miami, when you get traded, you was the beginning of them trying to change a culture in Miami to a championship and a winning culture. Like, how was that to go to League Golden State? Now you're a veteran. You you, you done been to All-Star games. You know, you, you can lead an NBA team no matter what team it is. How was that to go to Miami and just have a start over and just a new beginning down there? Man, it was great. It was great. You know, you got a center in Alonzo Mourning. Mashburn, Dan Marley, Rashawn Leonard already there. Yeah, Rashawn uh, Leonard. You know, so so we had we had a nice nucleus, man. We had a very nice nucleus, man. And then you know, just capped it off with Pat Riley. You know, yeah. just tutelage, his preparedness, uh, how, how he go about things, how he portrayed us to go about things, all about business. You know, after it, you know, have fun. But when you're on this court, it's all about business and. Man, it was fun, man. You know, three hours, you know, two and a half hours, three hours. Most of the hours was a lot of talking. You know, you in the gym a lot 
because he's talking and teaching and making you understand what he wants and how he wants it. But when you're going through them drills and going through everything, you just got to go hard. And, and another thing, when you go through them drills and you're doing it for two and a half hours, for you know eight days straight, nine days straight, when you in a game or if you just playing pickup, your body just do that. <laughs> Wherever the ball muscle is, memory, your body just muscle do memory. It just flow like that. It just, it just, I mean, that's the way it is. And that's, that's that, it's that way. Routine, routine, routine. And that's the way our body flowed. So we had a great time. I know I did. I enjoyed it. I wanted to get traded there because I said, I told Zoe, I said, you know, Pat Rowley's uh, record is in jeopardy of not making playoffs again. So if he missed this, it's going to mess up his uh, playoff record. So he, he told him that, and I, I guess he was like, all right, cool. Let me let me pull this plug. And I, we got there. He, me, Walt Williams, Chris Gatling. You know, we just changed the culture just in those, what, 25 games, man. Yeah. We, we was 18 games out. Yeah. We was 18 games out, and we and we changed that and, and, and made that city believe right then and yeah. then. And um, yeah. it, went, it went from that, you know, 96, from February 96, all the way up until right now. That's where yeah. it's been. Would you consider yeah. would you consider ninety-seven like your best years of pro? Um you was first team all NBA in, in ninety seven. Yeah. Like that's that's in the fire in the middle of it right yeah. there. Like first team oh, all we, NBA, yeah, that's yeah. that's a you a boy. Obviously all star first we, team. Conference finals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I would consider that my best year of my professional career. Yes. On that team, you had a young Jamal Masburn. Mm -hmm. Jamal Masburn is one of them folks that when I got to the league, <laughs> he bust my motherfucking ass. It is just like he wasn't the fast. He didn't jump higher than me. He wasn't athletic. He didn't talk trash. He knew how to he didn't talk trash. He didn't say nothing. He always smart. He knew how to play the game. He knew how to play that mid post. Ooh, He's yeah. a bucket getter. Yeah. You had a young Jamal Masburn. You know what I'm saying? Like, how was that uh, playing with Jamal Masburn, a young guy? You know, I think that, and, and it, is, it was my fault, I think that we didn't use Jamal Mashburn and his talents the way we should have used him. We should have had him posting up more. We should have had him <clears throat> isolated more. Feature more a little bit, yeah. Of his, of his talents. Yeah. And I think that we didn't do it. Every time I think back on, you know, you think back. Yeah. On, how you should have done it, but you you get caught up in the moment where the coach is coaching and you you know you're trying to win and you're trying to yeah. tweak this and tweak that, but you're not really seeing what he can do and how he can really help your team, giving him the ball and giving him the isolations and making him you know take advantage of his uh his mismatches. And yeah. uh, the guy he I mean he was very 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 talented man like yeah. you said. He give you to all type of ways, three pointers. Nice. We know, we know. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, the dude, the dude, man, he had superior talent, and uh, I, I just think we didn't use it the way we should have used it. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, tell me this, like you know, a lot of guys been all stars. You get awards, you get this, you get that. You got your jersey retired. It's not just that you got your jersey retired, but it's the place that you got it retired and who you got it retired by. Like all of those things are like different standards and different levels because number one, it's yeah. not. It's only so many of them over there in, in in Miami that has it done. Period. And the, the great, we all know the history and everything. But then 
to get it done there, you know what you have to like. Those that know, know what it takes. So for you to have your jersey, and I've been there. I got a chance to walk in there with him as an opposing team when he coaching the Pistons and he got the boy telling B. B Jennings and them like, hey, 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 hey y'all, y'all go ahead and look up there now. Like, that, that, yeah, that, that's me. Like, all right, y'all, he got, he got, my man, my man got his sunglasses on. He, he in his sleigh. He like, yeah, the Miami, yeah. The, the, the Miami heat, the, the, the 96 degrees is feeling him. He feeling real good. Got his, you know, his melanin popping. He like, yo, y'all boys look up there. That's what y'all with tonight. That's gonna have they gonna have the lights on there tonight. That's me up there. You know what I'm saying? I did that. And you know, so for, yeah. for like I know in that sense, but like what do tell the people what that means to you to like be rewarded in that type of way for them to put your name and your number up there and nobody ever gonna wear it again. What's that mean to you? Well, you know, just just like you said, you know, uh Blood, sweat, tears. From day one, I made a commitment there. I told Zoe from day one, I said, if you get me traded here, we're going to make the playoffs. You know, I was true to my word. And I knew what they wanted and what they expected out of me, and I know what I expected out of them. I heard a lot of things about Pat Riley that his practices was, you know, tenacious and crazy and going to take years off your body. But you know what? i tell you this, man. I wouldn't change it for the world, man. I had a great time there, you know, with Pat learning a lot about basketball, but a lot about business of basketball, understanding, you know, how to keep your body in shape. When it was time to play, I I just love to play basketball. So practice wasn't difficult for me. I love to go out there and just practice, get my teammates better, get myself better. And it was just about making a commitment to win there. You know, making the commitment to have basketball successful in a football and soccer state. Okay. Florida is a football state. Florida is a soccer state and a baseball state. All right. So to have basketball as they first love was very, 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 very difficult. And we did that. We did it. And it started in 96, 97. And every time you walk in, you know, around Miami, people just say, thank you. You know, thank you for, you know, being who you are. Thank you for saying hello to my son. You know, that meant a lot to him. Thank you, thank you, thank you for whatever. That's where the pride come from. You know, that's where the joy come from. That's where you you feel that you have done something for the community and the city when people say thank you. When I go in there, I see my jersey up there. It's about all the blood, sweat, and tears I've been through, practices, playoffs, coming back from injuries, listening to coaches, talking to coaches, having an argument with coaches, all that type of stuff, you know. But, yeah, man, it, it, it's, uh, that's what it comes from. And, and, and every time I look at it, it's great. The 2000 Olympic team, you know, you get chose to play on the Olympic team and you get chosen to play on Liberty team with your teammate. How was that experience to uh, win the gold medal and just go through that whole process with the USA team? Man, it's great. You know, once they started having the um, pros go there in 92, I think every pro wanted to be on right. the Olympic team. So, yeah, for <laughs> everybody. Everybody. everybody so if you need somebody, you know I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody wanted to be on the Olympic team. Being there, having on that USA. When you put on that USA jersey, man, it's like another level. You feel a different way. It's not about you anymore. It's about your country. It's about your country, man. And those guys – that was on that team, we became family. 
we became as one. Everything was checked at the door. All your attitude, all your whatever, you just checked that at the door and come in here and let's play and let's win the goal for our country and go back home victorious. It was great, man. You know, winning was with Zoe. Uh, it was great. I knew Kevin Garnett because, you know, his mom is from Chicago. He grew up in South Carolina. He came back, you know, to Chicago and played at Farragut. Vince Carter with the crazy dunk. And then you got Ray Allen, of course, Jason Kidd. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, Steve Smith. Smitty. Smith. <laughs> Smitty. We just used to play one-on-one back there just, yeah. just to try to get loose. We was the yeah. old statements on the team. Yeah. You know, Vince, I mean, uh, uh, Vin, Vin Baker. Baker. Vin Baker. You know, McDice got a rebound and put it back up to save the win for us. We all had a great time, man. It was about family, but it but it was about one thing, winning the goal for your country, man. So it, it was it was a great opportunity. But, you know, it took us – we had to go to the qualifying round to win in Puerto Rico the year before that. Yeah. Then go to Australia. Yeah, play. I remember so, that. You know, it was a two-year two commitment. So – you know, it was special. It was special. Yeah. How beautiful was Australia? That's on my bucket list. I want to go out there and see Australia. Nice. I've been to Sydney. Melbourne. Uh, we, we was in Sydney, but Melbourne, Melbourne is the place, man, out there. Uh, that That's where you need to get to, man. It's, it's beautiful. We had the opportunity to do a commercial with Spike Lee. You had the opportunity to do a commercial with Spike Lee with the Air Rays. How was that experience? And then to get the opportunity to have your own shoe coming from where you come from, like, how was that? Man, I'm telling you this, Spike Lee is different. He's different. He real. He's different. I, I love working with him. <clears throat> he stopped me. He said, yo, Tim, Tim, Tim. He said, yo, calm down. Don't be nervous. Just be cool. Just think of this as this is your own realm. This is your <laughs> shit, all right? We're doing this commercial for you. This is your shit. So act how you would act in the playgrounds playing basketball. Act the way you do how you out there, you know, being in your home at Chicago. Act the way you act. When he said that to me, and he's like, I'm for real, act the way you act. And it went from there, man. It went from there and it made the whole commercial different. It made it made it like, you know, like I was in control of everything. And I felt great about it. But, man, having your own shoe, man, man, you know. And then getting back to Spike. Spike is a great director. He's a great guy, and I love him to death. Hopefully he'll get back and get his seats. (laughs) 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 But but having your own shoe, man, and you watching, you see people wearing your shoe, I know how Mike Right, right. You know, I know when you see people in your shit, I'm you like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. I shit right there. Straight <laughs> up, I'm for real, man. You like, oh, can't tell me man. nothing. You can't tell me a goddamn thing. You can't tell me nothing. <laughs> shit. That's you know, it just take one person. It just take one, it, one to slip them on, and that's it. it <laughs> you can't tell me nothing. You outside, you like, woo, yeah. <laughs> Them boy, oh, them boys look clean yeah, with the jeans on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, no. Yeah, yeah, no question. But definitely a blessing, man, definitely a blessing. No question, man. it is, no question. <laughs> your son play now. To have your boy 
fall in love with the same basketball you fell in love with and achieve everything he wanted to achieve in this game to get to the level that his pops was playing. Like, how do you feel about seeing your, your boy out there, especially shooting that jumper deep like how his pops was shooting I that asked it deep. for proud, <laughs> proud, <laughs> as he should it, be. Yes, very proud, very proud. My chest stuck, stick out all the time, man. I'm very proud. I'm very happy for him. But I'm going to tell you this. You know, when we was talking about patience and virtue, you know, he wanted to come out after his sophomore year. And I was mm -hmm. like, no, 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 you're not ready. He was like, come on, Dad, I'm ready. I said, look, son, you know, you get to the G League, they forget about you. Yeah. Forget about you. You got you to have something special. That's a big and, politic. You know, and I told him, I said, you don't, you don't want to go to the G League and then up and down, up and down and doing this. I said, look, man, you need to go to school one more year. You need to go to school one more year. They went to the final four. They lost in the finals to Louisville. And he said, I'm coming out there. I said, yeah, you ready now. You yeah. know, so, so that's when you, you as, as a father, I knew that he wasn't ready, but it hurt me to tell him yeah. that. But he needs to hear the truth. Yeah. I'm like, when I, when, I almost tore the house apart. I almost tore the family apart because when he was in high school, I, I always was on Tim. You need to do this. You need to do this. But yeah. I always wanted him to play like me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, 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 and instead of him learning the game himself and yeah. playing the way he knows how to play, yeah. I was like trying him to groom him like me. Yeah. And, and I saw it one day. He was walking past. I said, come on. Come on. Watch the game with me. He's like, no, nah, I'm gone. I don't want to watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my wife was telling me, she was like, yeah, you know, you always getting on him. You always ridiculing him, and you're not, you know, you're not for him, and and that's the way he seems. And I listened to her, and I was like, you know what? She's right. Yeah. She's right. And I said, you know, I told him, I said, I'm sorry. I'm gonna take a step back. I'm but, gonna keep my yeah. clothes. I'm gonna let you come to me whenever you need me. I'm not gonna say nothing bad about your games, even if you upset yeah. about. It. Don't worry about it. We get them next time. Just learn from it, and that's it. That's yeah. all. And as soon as I did that, they thought I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> they thought I wasn't going to do it. But I did it. It took a lot of biting your tongue, Q. It took a lot. I mean, I was in there sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't grow up. But you know, we, we, we ain't grow up like that. We ain't grow like that. That's what I'm saying. We and so these kids kind of like, we got to kind of stall it back. Just yeah, then. I'm like, I had, man, I, had, I love you forever. <laughs> I had to bring myself. I had to reel myself in. I reel myself in. And from that point on, man, everything has been beautiful, man. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's why I tell parents, don't rush your kid. Don't rush him. Let him experience what he needs to experience. Mm -hmm. Let him learn the way he needs to learn. Yeah. Let him go out there and play the way he needs to play. And let him understand the game the way he needs to understand the game. But don't push him. The more you push him, the more he's trying to please you and not play for himself. And that's why I tell these players, just step back, let them play, let them be kids. Because first they got to be kids. You yeah. know, they still watching cartoons. They're they not grown men. And you don't want them to be grown men or grown women. So yeah. let them be kids. 
let them have fun, let them enjoy themselves, and then, you know, everything will be all right. That's why I tell parents today. Did you ever take them back to the crib and try to get some of that, that, that Chi-Town in him? That's what I was about to say. I, know, you I was know. about to say, I can okay. remember him bringing him to hoops and having him at the gym with us. When we were there working okay. out in the summer, I can literally remember it like yesterday. I got the homies and he got his little gym bag. He quiet. You could tell he kind of nervous to be around. And this after we didn't got through. They the, the homies bring him yeah. onto the court and now Tim about to like let Tim put him through a workout and get through some stuff. This like he like gotta yeah. be like 10, 11, 12 years old. Real little jit. Yeah. Just coming up. Yeah. And I'm like, I remember seeing that like that's dope. Tim got his son, that's Tim Jr. Like and then to see. Straight I remember because I remember when I heard that he got good. This was before he went to college or anything. This was when D Wade and D Wright was living. You know, they living in Planet Miami and they tapped me like, man, Tim's son, nice. I'm like, for real? Because they was like, uh, I think it was like him and. Um, yeah, he went. He, he played he for Pistons off. for a while. Uh, Brendan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight. Brandon, Brandon Knight. They was having wars Brandon or whatever. They were like the two top guys. And I'm like, oh, okay, look. I'm like, Tim Hardaway Jr., boy. That was like when I first, like in hindsight, I thought, I was like, I'm like, that's dope, bro. Yeah. I'm like, I can remember Tim really working with him and having him around it. Like, hey, he was up at Hoops, boy, when, you know, that was when it was bump up there. He ran really, really getting to just be in the gym and see like crazy stuff going on on the regular. And I was like, all of that stuff really paid off when you, like, that's like a cheat code for a kid. For a kid yeah. to be able to get to sit courtside, to get to listen, to get to see, to get to come in and just rub up against some of that and let some of that get up on them, it's like that's that's different, bro. That's a that's a different level just to be exposed to. Yeah, yeah. And he seemed like he getting now seeing him now watching him play. It seemed like he's getting better and better. He know what it is. Growing up, he's prepared for. It. He's prepared for it. So let me let me ask you this, right? So I got to watch you bring Timmy Jr. to the gym and get him right. So you see, I got two little baby beasts over there that I got one day, hopefully I, I get a chance to get. I need to know about you and Timmy's one-on-ones. When did they stop? Did he beat you? When did they? When did you tell him, no, I ain't playing you no more? Was it, was it because he started beating you? And how how, how was that? Because I, I, I need to find out what my temperature going to be at when it come my time. When the lady lay it down, like, do I let him get close to beating me or do he beat me and then I can just chin check him and say no more games or how we do this? What's, what, how was y'all one-on-ones? Well, you know, our one-on-ones was all right until he got into college. <laughs> Then you know, nice six five. He's taller than you. <laughs> and then we was in the gym playing one on one, you know, going back and forth. He crossed me over, <laughs> but you know, it wasn't a crossover that that really got me. It was I like, oh shit, he's about to dunk. <laughs> I'm like. No. <laughs> <laughs> he not gonna dunk. He not gonna dunk in front of company on me. Right. In front, not, not in front of not company. In, <laughs> not in front of company. I, no, no. So I you know how you stop and I turned all my might and I ran <laughs> and I found him. And I said, you know, th this would be we're not gonna play no more. He's like, I said, see, I could have really hurt you. I took Easy on you. I could have really, really hurt you. Took one of them '90s files. Yeah, yeah. One of them, you know, a uh, uh, Dennis Rodman or one of them Knicks. That one of them Knicks Heat series files. Series, you know, uh, Charles. Right. I said, I said, you know, man. I said, no, I am not 
no, you're not. First, you're not dunking on me. <laughs> not. He's like, Dad, it wasn't gonna be on you. Yes, it, if I'm playing and we playing one on one, you dunk it. That's a dunk on me. <laughs> no. So I said, no, we did not. So I stopped that. So yeah, he won. That's when he won, and that's when I stopped playing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's that's. But he but he found himself in college. In college, found, found himself in college. Uh, when you came up. Who's the guys that you looked at that you kind of was like, I want to be like them, or I want to patent my game after them, or I want to take some of the moves that they do? Who's the guys that kind of molded you, that you was looking at from afar to be like? Well, when I was in grammar school, Isaiah Thomas was playing in a high school basketball game, and I didn't know Isaiah. My coach said, hey, man, I'm going to take you out of school tomorrow. About lunchtime, we go watch somebody play. So – I get there, he said, I want you to check out number 11 and white. He said, he reminds me of you, how you play. And I'm in grammar school. He said, well, you got the potential to be that way. So I'm in grammar school. I'm watching him play. I'm like, I play like him? He's like, yeah, you, you, got, you got potential and you play like him. I said, Shh, that's a bad MF there. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a bad MF there. And so from that time on, I – portrayed my game after Isaiah Thomas. I watched him throughout his career at Indiana through the NBA until I got to the NBA. And that was my idol on the basketball court, playing, you know, just watching somebody to portray. And once I got there and I played against him, man, it, man, that's just a, a, amazing. It was just <laughs> a feeling, man. I just can't describe, man. At first I started shaking. And then once the game started going, you know, you, you start getting all right with it. And then I, I was okay. You know, and then I started doing my thing. But it took me a while because yeah. I'm in front of my idol, this, this guy that I portrayed my game after, and I'm playing against him in an NBA game. Right, yeah. I mean, like, I'm like, ooh, you know. So, so it took me a while. It took me a quarter to get my mind together, get my bearings together. But once I did – I was all good, and it, 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 we, you know, we won the game, and and um, he was like, "Good game," and you know, we talked. We've been talking ever since. That's what's up. That's dope. So, out of all the teams you've played for your whole career, if you had to pick five to play with, who would beat them five? Well, Chris Mullen and Mitch Richmond, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, Zoe. Yes, sir. Okay. I didn't get to play with Weber because I was hurt that year. Mm-hmm. But if I did, I I pick him. But I mean, you said guys I played with, man. You know, I I I mean, he was on my team, so I got to I'm gonna take Chris Webber. <laughs> <laughs> up. Hey, tell me, tell me this, right? Who who who? You 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 the original crossover king. So I want to hear who are your top three or four guys in the league, ball handling wise. Right now, you know, Kyrie Irving, no question. Uh, the bus driver uh, take everybody to school. Yeah, Kimba Walker, no question. Cardiac Kimba. Oh my God! You know, and I, I'm gonna tell you this, man. He's getting older, but that motherfucker still play. Chris Paul. Yeah, Chris Paul. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. He, he be out there. He got motherfuckers like. Oh my God! I mean, he got. I mean, yeah, he thirty something, but yeah, he he be fucking people up. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I love. I'd be like, oh, I said, y'all better watch out now. You gonna have your ankles hurt, right? Mm-hmm. And then I say, uh, Steph Curry. 
Steph, Steph Curry. Curry got nice handles too, man. Yeah. You, you got to watch out. He make you look real, real silly. Yeah, and but, launch. Yes, and, and, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but those four right there, if you're not careful with Kimba and, and they'll, Kyrie, they'll drop you'll you. hurt yourself. They'll drop you. They, they will really hurt you. You got to be very careful with them. You know, so, you, I mean, you got you to have your ankles tight up. You got to have your knees oiled up. You got to be ready to move your body because they're going to have you shifting everywhere. But I, I love watching that motherfucker Chris Paul, man. He, he, woo. I still, he still got it. We do, we do this thing on here called Start, Bench, Cut. I'm trying to get you in trouble. Start, Bench, Cut. Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson, and the big O. Oh. <laughs> 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 Thought he trying to get you in trouble with this one. You got a start bench cut. One of which? What it'll be? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <he's>, he, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Do man. anybody pass on this, or they they say they don't say nothing? Or, no, they 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 they. they yeah. say. Everybody didn't answer. It, it, it's all opinionated, Some man. It's just who you know. You, you know yeah, you're trying to get. You trying to get me hurt at the next All Star? <laughs> I heard what you said. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. Ooh, ooh. I'm, I'm gonna start Big O. I'm, I'm gonna bench that. What could I say? You gonna cut shots out? Man, I mean, look, look at the big O. Okay, I'm going, I'm going, look, man, do you see the big O? <laughs> yes, I do. That's why I added him. I, see, I, mean, he, he, I mean, I mean, when you see his stats, you be like, there's nothing else to say. Yeah. You yeah, that's about that. I, I, I love Zeke. I love Zeke, but dang, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, we feel it. They're all the OG. They're all the greatest. Yes, they are. This is what I want to know, because we, you know, we we from Chi-Town. I know we probably did some similar things. Like, when you started getting the money, when you made it to the league and you got that check, what did Tim Hardaway from the Gardens go get? What did you go get that you look back on now that you're like, ah, that was probably, that was a young move, but I enjoyed the hell out of it when I did it. Like, because we all <laughs> did that. I'm a t- I, I had a chain, a big chain, boy. You know, we got drafted in the ice age. I had everything but my social security on my chain, boy. I ain't had no address. I tried to put everything on that. Q Richardson, a hoop, a number, a jersey, a, <laughs> just ice. What did Timmy do? This is what I did, man. I took care of my mom. That's the first thing I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure she was taken care of. She didn't have nothing else to worry about. Made sure that everything was all right for her. Then what I, what I got me, and <laughs> yes. everybody was like, no, no, no. You know, that was too much money. I went and got me a Z28. Um, uh, it was a, a, a Nissan Z28 twin turbo. Ooh. White. Mm. Yeah, white with black seats, and I had the white rims on it and stuff. Oh, yeah. So it was really, mm. yeah that's, when I, that's what I got. But they was like, if we come down, where we going to fit at? I said, well, I don't know, but I, I want this right here. <laughs> this for me. This for me right here. This for me. Word up. This for me. Uh, we'll right. ride a minivan when y'all come down, but we'll right. ride this <laughs> Straight up. Exactly. Y'all going to have to rent one because back then I was just making $500,000. And you know the <laughs> 
and in Texas in California is dead. Right, right. Mm-hmm. No, they hitting you over the head. <laughs> no, they hitting you over the head. When me and Q got to the league, we went to LA and they was had us on a bunch of like TV shows, movies, and stuff. Every time I used to come home for school, I used to watch Hanging with Mr. Cooper. That was like <laughs> one of my shows. You was on Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Like, what was that experience like to be on, you know, TV show that all of us watching? Fun, fun. We knew Mike up in, um, you know, he's from the Bay Area. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. so uh, we we got to hang out with him and stuff like that. He'd be at the game. Right. At the end of the game, he'd be back there kicking with us. We'd be talking. He always joking. Yeah. Always joking. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so he asked the people for the Golden State Warriors if it'd be cool to bring a crew up in there, watch a game, you know, and interact with us and all this yeah. stuff. And they said, sure, why not? And so that's how it happened, man. And, and we went on and it was fun. I mean, it's different. It's yeah. different. You know, when you when that's your first time being on film and you know on TV or whatever, it's different. But once you get used to it, you know, you more and more and more that you're on there, you get used to it. But yeah, man, it was different. And Mike, we still cool. We all still cool. We we all yeah. still stuff, especially when I go to LA, just hang out with Mitch and stuff. We we kick it with Mike and and uh, we have some fun. But yeah, man, it. it Back then, Mr. Kangaroo and Mr. Cooper, that was the show. Yeah, that was the exactly, show. That was exactly. my show, Hanging with Mr. Cooper. That was all in the, in the backyard shooting on the, the gold <laughs> on the garage, all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. my show right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me about, you know, we both had the pleasure of getting a chance to, you know, work for Stan with the Pistons. You, you met him playing in Miami when he got to be your coach and was your assistant coach and stuff like that. Just tell me about your relationship with Coach and what Coach Dan's relationship means to you? Man, it was rocky at first. When I first got there, because, you know, he was he was playing, you know, working out for Sean and everything. So when I first got there, you lose a game. And this was my last time losing, too. So shooting game, one-on-one game, three-on-three game, or whatever. So whoever won, the other two teams had to run. So it was like guards, you know, out at 10, First, you're out at 8, 10, 12, and then you have to run the whole 17. So uh, at this particular time, it was like whoever was out at 10 first, then 12, then 14, then you had to run the rest of 17. So me and um, Vashon came in as a tie. He was like, all right, tie. Tim, you keep running because he knew he knew Vashon. I was like, no, no, no. And then <laughs> I said, no, 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 Stan. In the NBA, the tie always go to the veteran. He was of like, of course. You're right. Sean, let's go. And that's when me and uh, Stan built up a relationship right then and there. You know, it, it just flourished right then and there. You know, he was like, all right, Tim. We got to run this play. You know, Pat want us to do this, do that. So we go down here, I get the guys together. We run play, do this and that for about 15 minutes. All right, we know what we're doing. All right, so when we run in practice, we know what is going on. So, but Stan was always a guy that was, he's stickler. He really, really stickler for preparedness. Mm. You know, he always Man. wanted to prepare. He always want things to be right. He wants you to be so much information that uh, with this team that if they throw something at us, they – He thinking about know. the possibilities of the possibilities. Right, yeah, the possibility. And Patty should say, say Stan, all right, five, 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 
five plates, Stan, five. <laughs> we used to do seven. <laughs> <laughs> Always seven. So, so Pat be like, okay, they most, they top three plays, top three. We had seven again. <laughs> but it's not, you know, but, but, but we knew, we knew. And somebody like Zoe be like, come on, man, it's time to go, man. It's time to go. You know, stuff like that. I was like, okay, you know, it's cool. I mean, uh, first of all, we're getting there at 1030. You're not getting off the court. Practice is not going to be over with until 12. That's an hour and a half. So 1030 to 12, you're not going to get off the court. So it, it doesn't matter, Zoe. Once Pat say at 12 o'clock, he look at his watch and it's 12 o'clock, then he's going to be like, all right, let's bring it in. Because his, his thing is an hour and a half. You got to get, you know, focus an hour and a half. And that's the way his clock is. And that's where he got it spread up on his blue piece of paper. So once, once Stan, Stan never took it over that 12 mark, it was always right there. It right was, on the dot. Right on the dot. But we knew we need to learn or that we need to know. So if they threw it at us, we, we already was prepared for it. But Stan never took it above and beyond. But, you know, he got a raw deal in Miami. He is a really, really good coach. Takes it to heart at times. Need to calm down, Stan. Need to calm down. But that's the competitiveness in him. You know, I love the competitiveness in him. And he's always competitive. He always, always prepared. He wants you to be prepared. And if mm-hmm. you're not helping him be prepared, then you're not on his team. I tell people all the time that if you got to know Stan, he would be one of the most favorite people you ever be around. Because, like, oh, you know, people see him on the court and he's screaming, he's yelling, but it's like, dude. Y'all got no clue how great of a person Stan, his whole family, his wife, kids, yeah. everybody. They yeah. some of my most favorite people. Like, you remember we go yeah. over there, take our kids over there, they're in the pool, swimming, Stan in the pool, everybody hanging out. And it's like you would, I was super surprised by that. And like, even to this day, you know, I still live here in Orlando and we, we do stuff in the, in the community together, working on, you know, stuff with social justice reform and stuff. And Stan and his family are right there up at the oh, forefront, right and they're not playing no games. We got to been on calls with Stan. I done been to town hall meetings with Stan. And Stan up in there like, yeah, asking questions. He's, like you said, prepared and informed. And then to talk about his preparedness, though, like we worked together at Turner this past year. Tim. Now you've seen his pregame situations and reports and his yeah. and his notes. Like this man yeah. walking to NBA TV with a his notes are impeccable, crazy, yeah. next yeah. level, crazy. Yeah. People looking at yeah. that like, what? I'm like that's his notes, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. But that, but that, but that stand all you know, the way. That stand. He always want to be prepared for whatever anything. Happens. Whatever you bring up, he's going to be prepared for it. And he's going to talk knowledgeable about it. And when he comes, it's like a class to him. It's like he teaching class or he's getting taught a class and he's writing stuff down. I bet you in between um, commercial, he's writing stuff down. I've never seen, like, the one of the things that I was most impressed, like, how do you keep the same level of intensity? I, you just did 30 minutes of screaming this same crap. Now the next team come in and you got the same level of laser focus. You and I not correcting him because you just did it. No, you on him. You on point. You seeing everything and you you not skipping steps because you just did it. Like same exact thing. 
That's insane. To, to be able to come in here and do that every day. And I'm sitting there, I'm, you know, that ain't my job to do it, but I'm getting tired just watching it. Like, yeah, dog, like, how you ain't tired and you doing it? Like, I was just like, this is. Yeah, I mean, that's just repetition of being a coach. That's all repetition, repetition, knowing what he's going to do, how he's going to do it. He's been a coach of a coach of a coach. <laughs> right. So his father was coaching him. When he was playing, you know, his, Pat Rowley was coaching him while he was, you know, so he, I mean, he, he just, he's always prepared for anything and everything. So I, I just love being around him and it, 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 it makes you be right. prepared too. It makes you got have to study and understand what, you how you got to be do coming things. up short like, when nah, he all on point. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I want to say something smart you know, too. Sometimes you know when you was in when we was in the meetings and you know you say something and he'd be like oh I did not know yeah, that yeah like, oh, you'd be shit, like I yes did. yeah you know like 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 you scored a goal or something yeah <laughs> I didn't know that I didn't see that what you didn't see that oh shit okay well all right yes yeah exactly one of the other things I always loved about your game. You shot with range. Don't let him look at like them pretty feet. jumping. Like, look at them feet is where, going up. <laughs> oh, look at them feet is going up. Like, where did you get that jumper from? What did you do to just work on it to get your jumper to the level like that? The way I worked on it is a guy named Billy out of El Paso, Texas. He said, um, Tim, you gotta get your, your jump shot better. He said, I'm willing to work with you 500 shots a day. And, you know, the first week or two, I know I'm going to be running all over the place getting the ball. But he said, but after that, trust me, we're going to shoot the same shot each and every time, repetition, repetition, repetition. And it's going to start going in. Trust me. And I believed him. I went there, 500 shots a day. It was crazy, man. Balls were just going everywhere. And then two weeks later, the balls were just just going in, just yeah. going it's going, it was all about repetition. It was just everywhere I shot from, it was just going in. That's where your confidence build, too. My confidence built up from that, just dip the balls going in. It just went from there. So that's where I got my confidence. That's where I got my repetition. And that's where I got shooting the right way and the same way all the time was in college, My after my first year in college. He was like, yeah, it's going to take time. But you got you got to be patient, and I was patient, and I tell kids that I tell people that I say I'm the way I'm gonna move you, the way I'm gonna have you going back and forth. You got to trust the process. You got to trust this. Yeah, first three or four days, yeah, it's gonna be tough. You're gonna be upset, but watch. Fifth day, sixth day, it's gonna get better and better, and better. And better. Yeah. And if you trust it, it, it will get better. And don't and don't try to force it. Let it take its course, and it's going to help you out. That's why – that's the way my jumper got better. And then when, when you get hurt, that's all you can do. You you know, somebody yeah. just passed you the ball. One thing you can do is shoot. That's all you yeah. can do. You can't move. You can't run. You can just shoot. Yeah. And yeah. that's the way I was. I was just shooting in one spot all the time. And so my jump shot from that time when I got hurt, from now on out, it was, it was on. For the point guards out there uh... – I feel like the best point guards know how to control a game, a whole game. They know how to 
get so-and-so the ball at the right time. They know how to call the plays. Damn near, when they don't even got to look at the coach, they can kind of do their thing. When did you learn, like, oh, shit, I can control the game. I can inf My influence on the game, and I know how to put the pieces together. When did you learn how to do that? Back in grammar <laughs> school, back on the street, Chicago playing basketball, picking your own team. Um, yeah. you know, because you didn't want to lose. Cause if you lost, that was at least four out, games. I already know. You already know. Yeah. So, so you, you, you pick the guys that you know are ready to play or going to play today for you and for your team. Back then, if you take that shot, a jump shot, you better make it because all them guys going to get on your ass. OG going to be, OG going to be like, <laughs> damn, I knew I shouldn't have picked your young ass. There you no, I there shouldn't you have picked go. your young guy. You fucking Dude. up. <laughs> <laughs> that was, he going to be on your neck. <laughs> yeah, you already know. <laughs> it, it, might, it might not pick you for next. No, nah, you can't. Oh, you, you can't, can't play with us, man. Yeah, you fucked up too much. Don't mess up your trial. Yeah, yeah, you can't mess up your trial. You can't mess yeah. up. Because they, they take it literally. Like, mm. no, nah, you can't play. So and that can mess with your confidence, too. It that can. That guy's confidence. And I've seen that before. I seen guys that couldn't take that pressure and hurt their confidence and were scared to play with that guy or scared to play against him because they, they didn't want to make a state. Right. So, yeah. so so that's where it comes from. It comes from back then when I was in grammar school, high school, understanding who who to pass it to, when to pass it to somebody, you know, when to throw a bounce pass somebody. Always knowing your personnel. Yeah, personnel. Know what everybody can do, yeah, what they best at. Everybody can do, how yeah. they can do, what they can do, who yeah. can play defense on who, who the better defense guy on yeah. your team. You know, all that type of stuff. That was way back then in grammar school because I had a good coach then, and then I had a good tutors when I was on the court, and I yeah. always listened. I never had a big kid. I always listened because I always wanted to learn. I always tell the kids, you know, it's always emotions in this. Always emotions. Don't look at the emotions. Listen to the message oh, that he's good. telling. Pat Riley asked me a question one time. He said, yo, Aunt Tim, what you think? I said, well, you know, I don't get all wrapped up into you yelling and screaming and flexing yourself and all that type of stuff. I really don't listen to that. I listen to your message. I hear the message that you're telling me or telling us as a team, and this yeah. is what you're telling us as a team. You want us to do A, B, C, and this is how you want us to do it. And if we don't do it this way, then you're going to get mad at us, and that's why we're not going to win. That's how I take it. Yeah. And that was the end of that conversation. After practice, he's like, Tim, you can't say that in front of the young guys. The young guys need to listen <laughs> and hear what I have to say. It's not like, well, I mean, if you don't want to hear the truth, right. don't ask <laughs> <laughs> because I won't tell you you doing what you're supposed to do I'm just telling you how I'm listening to the message I receive the message differently from how right. other people receive messages yeah. that's why I tell these young people don't look at people and see the spit coming out their mouth or them yelling or them or the hand movement yeah. <laughs> to the message and when you listen to the message everything else will be alright yeah yeah I like that before we finish up, man, like you know, you know, we bring people on here, man, that we respect, that we admire, we looked up to, and we love to give you your flowers while we're here, man. So, with that being said, we look at you, you know, you're an icon, a, 
a Chicago legend, you know what I'm saying, NBA legend. Uh, all that's the what I'm saying. All, all, all that. That's, that's all what all I'm definitely getting to. That. And, and, and you in particular, I don't want to get into the whatever reasons why it hasn't happened. We just want to be making known that in our book and in a lot of people, most, most guys, most of our peers that we know, you Hall of Fame all day long, belong there, whatever they got to do, make it happen. But you one of the realest from the crib, always has been, and then taking it to the league. You made young guys like me, and I'm sure you inspired the D-Roses and all of the young kids from the crib. You let us know that it's possible. You were somebody that came back. We could see, feel, touch you. You was at the programs. You was at IIT. You was in the city. You, you from the culture. So I just want to give you your salute and say we appreciate you for showing us that we, too, could go do it. And you Hall of Fame and you all of the above. So big salute to you and we appreciate you, Tim. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you all. Hey, man, I listen to y'all a lot. Y'all doing great things, man. Much success to y'all. Keep up the great work. And um, y'all are funny as shit. I love what I do. <laughs> <laughs> back in those days like this. <laughs> yes, sir. I appreciate you all and thank y'all, man. I appreciate that. Thank you, yes, man. Sir. All love. For real. Straight up. The Players Tribune.com